from the 915 to H-Town, from the Panhandle Plains to the Valley, and everywhere in between. This is the 5050 Podcast, powered by College Promoters USA. Join me, Hector Cano, as we cover the Texas high school club and college soccer landscape, along with an inside look at the college soccer recruiting scene. The 5050 Podcast is a platform about the people and for the people who are dedicated to the beautiful game. College Promoters USA, founded and located in San Antonio, operates as the only family-owned college recruiting company in Texas that brings a truly professional, local, and face-to-face approach to area high school student-athletes and their families. If your son or daughter is serious about college athletics, call them at 210-494-6363 or visit collegepromotersusa.com anytime. College Promoters USA, the best investment a parent can make in their high school student-athletes. Here we go. It's another edition of, it's episode two, not one, episode two of Inside Hashtag Texas High School Soccer. We are coming to you live from a balmy 18-degree uh, San Antonio. <laughs> we are joined by uh, Coach uh, Coach Rafa. Rafa, how are you, buddy? Pretty good. Trying to, trying to stay warm. <laughs> We can right, hear the, right, the, right. the wind howling. <laughs> oh, yeah. Yeah, it's uh, it's right outside our studio here. So, yeah, we can hear it. So, awesome. Uh, again, uh, happy to be here with you. We are uh, proud uh, proud to be brought to you by, powered by our our uh, title sponsor, College Promoters USA, our proud partners, College Promoters USA. They are America's premier college prep program and high school student athlete marketing service since 1997. Located locally here in San Antonio, you can find them in the Ventura Plaza Shopping Center. You can also find them on social media on Twitter at SATX Recruiting, as well as on Instagram at College Promoters USA. You can also get more information on what they're about on their website at collegepromotersusa.com. So back for episode two, not one. So just wanted to clarify that. And uh, World Cup Talk. I know we've talked about it on a couple of different a uh, couple of different pods, but we didn't get to talk just briefly about the final um, thoughts on the final. I mean, it was everything you expected. Uh, I, I know for our show with the with the San Antonio round show, we a lot of a lot of from the, it was uh, from, as far as the group, you know, uh, everybody said it was one of the top fives as far as games yeah. of all time, and you know, you know, props, to, you know, to Argentina. I think they. They played their game plan right, you know, and they like, and, you know, we were texting back before, you know, they really took France out of sync, but yeah, you had, you had that wondering, like I said, this is, uh, is Argentina going to pull Indianapolis Colts <laughs> collapse like what they did with, with Holland, you yeah. know, and, and sure enough, yeah. it did happen, you know, and. That was my favorite. Uh, that was the, my favorite GIF that was trending, right? The Spider-Man GIF where they're pointing at each other when they lost the lead, and it was two-two. Oh my god, that was hilarious! I don't know. I don't know if that one was better or the uh, was it the uh, was it you that sent me the Undertaker one? Yeah, the, uh, yeah, Mbappe <laughs> behind Argentina. I think yeah, <laughs> those were hilarious. But yeah, uh, phenomenal, 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 phenomenal final. I mean, it took us. It took us about 70, what, 77, 78 minutes to get to it. But, oh, my oh my God, did it end with a with a bang. And, uh, yeah, <clears throat> I think it was it was unbelievable final, what a final should be. And, you know, I, I talked about it yesterday on the pod that I was on, our holiday edition. 
with our, our friends from uh, Soccer Chat. And we talked about how I think what was so great about it was is seeing it was essentially let's call it what it is it was the passing of the torch right in terms of messi mbappe but just seeing mbappe trying to will france right to to get into the game and you could just tell that he had it uh you know he you could tell he wanted it and then you could just tell that seeing messi and just and mbappe going back and forth back and forth seeing great be great on the biggest of stages was was pretty phenomenal it was pretty special so um so yeah, so I think all of that, and I think the fact that I walk away, you know, I've, I've largely had they have two they have two World Cups, but I've largely had my my personal opinions about France, right? But I walked away more impressed from them in a loss, right? In in defeat, in terms of the character they showed, the fight that they showed, how that game just turned on its head in a matter of two minutes. Um, and even then, they could have they could have still won it. You can make the argument they sh- they should have won it at the very end in, in extra time. So, yeah, just a phenomenal final. And also, take a look at the players that were missing for France. Right, right, exactly. If if, if yeah. Benzema and Pogba Conte is there, I think it's a di- mm-hmm. it's a different. I think it's a different result. Yeah. You know, and they, and they're not excuses. They're just the reality yeah. of the situation. I mean, they weren't the only ones in that situation, but they were just. I think it was more of when you looked at who they were missing and how many, right? It was like, you know, Pogba, Conte, Benzema, just to name, you know, they had like five key play, five key starters that were missing, right? And then you had like a third of, <laughs> a third of the team battling the flu the flu bug. So you, all of it and then Argentina just came out, build that rhythm. Argentina looked like they wanted it more from the start and France was still able to overcome all of that. So I think I I came away from that more impressed. So think, All right. Think- so yeah, I came out with our. I think Argentina, like I said, I think there was. This is kind of like the. To me, this was their last hurrah. I, I think after this, you know, do I see them maybe repeating? Uh, I think. I yeah. think. Yeah, they have talent, but they're just. I don't think they're going to be just as good as the as this team because they're not going to have that leader, and that's mm-hmm. a different story with France. With is going to come back, and I think that's your, and more likely, I think they're going to be the favorite for twenty twenty six, and maybe even Brazil too because they still got a good core as well. So those mm-hmm. are probably you may see end up seeing those two as as yeah. you know for twenty twenty six as far mm-hmm. as the final. You have Holland. Holland's a up and comer. Spain too. Hopefully they can get a right coach that can get them to score. Right. So, but right. as far well, as uh, yeah. As far like I said, as far as like uh, I know we're talking about to- as far as World Cups all time, this was probably one of the top this top five probably top five as far as game wise. Like to me, I tell the, the our guys is like my my number one World Cup was the '86 World Cup. That's that's number one all time. But this was was in the top five. Yeah, on the field, on the field, it was pretty special. I mean, off the field, there was a ton of just you know, a, it was a political. Political, political, socioeconomic mess. Obviously, just I mean, very not, uh, very uh, just highly controversial. Obviously, but on the field, you know, you got to give, got to give the players their props. They they came to play, and now we'll see what it's like. You know, they they return, they return to their clubs. You got action going already, and now, <clears throat> excuse me. Now I'm curious to see maybe over the next six weeks the uh the injuries right hopefully we don't have any uh major injuries coming back 
Um, and then also, you know, I think who's the Bundesliga? I don't, I don't think the Bundesliga returns till like what third week in January, I think. Yeah, they, and they then also the transfers too. The transfer yeah, window, that and that's going to be interesting to see. Well, there's already talks of Mbappe leaving <laughs> PSG. <laughs> you know, <laughs> you know he's, you know, who's he, does he, you know, does he go back with his tail between his legs to Real Madrid, or does he make a jump to I don't know across the yeah. English Channel, go to the Premier League? You know, I mean, it's going to be interesting because there are some players that weren't under the radar. You know, they upgraded their stock and you're gonna and they're gonna get their, mm -hmm. their paydays come january you know as far as yeah. you're gonna see some yeah. bidding wars on some of these players right right yeah and i think that part of it i think that part of it is the, the question in terms of mbappe is who else can really afford to sign him right <laughs> you know uh so that's that's one question there um so yeah so that'll be interesting to see how that plays out it is going to be a little awkward right uh normal world cup they have the rest of the summer off or they have at least a month off now you got you know you got Messi and Mbappe coming right back a week later in the, in the same dressing room right same locker mm -hmm. room so that'll be interesting so awesome so all right so we're gonna segue over we're gonna start talking about uh, so tournament talk right we're gonna start we're gonna do a little different order we're gonna start at the state level and then we'll have we'll pass it over to to Rafa to talk just highlight a couple of maybe local tournaments as well uh, but uh, what we wanted to do first so we're gonna talk about a couple of um, tournaments at the state level focus on one in particular and we are we want to go ahead and bring him in he is uh mr brandon mr brandon rich he is the operations coordinator of the i-10 shootout brandon how are you sir Ariel. brandon can you hear us i can hear you can you hear me no there you are yeah yeah just a little slight delay okay there. so awesome so uh thank you for being yeah, here sir well, how you doing you. Doing well, you know, the uh, breeze and cold is coming through, so right. I'll just, uh, just power through that, Right, but we're what's, doing well. What's the, uh, what's the temper temperature out there in the greater Houston area? Oh, I'm not sure quite now, but it's, uh, it's dropping, you know, rapidly now as, as <laughs> yeah. that cold is through for sure. So yeah. everybody's bracing and, you know. Uh, hopefully not having anything, what was it, a uh, year ago, two years, a year ago, you know, whatever that, the article February, was I think then. it was what, February 2021? 2021, yeah. 21, yeah. Yeah, 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 so awesome. Well, again, thank you for being here. We really appreciate it. So in your role, um, we've had the opportunity to connect with you, and we wanted to highlight one of uh, what we feel is, is be beginning to be kind of to establish itself as one of the premier tournaments in the state in the i <clears throat> excuse me in the i-10 shootout kind of a very unique setup pretty awesome and uh, as an operations coordinator kind of wanted you to ha highlight some of that a little bit um tell us your role tell us a little bit about the tournament maybe start with the uh, the history of the tournament okay um so yeah so the tournament itself i-10 shootout uh has been six since uh 2006 uh so it's been around for quite a while um and it's grown not only with the um you know it has grown because it's a kdisd tournament in itself so as uh because the way the tournament is set up each, uh, each high school um has its own bracket which teams participate in so there's, it, there's an 18 bracket 
at each one of the high schools. Um, Jordan is not sponsored, is not doing a varsity bracket this year. So we have eight, eight high schools mm-hmm. with eight different teams. So that's 64 city a team participating and there's a championship winner for each bracket, you know, which is nice for um, those different competitive levels, which in the, within the brackets. Um, okay. So there's a spot for everybody uh, to participate in at probably the right level, um, hopefully. Um, and from there, so, um, you know, it's not a showcase. It's an actual tournament in itself, uh, which is nice. You know, um, yes, it's you know, a type deal as well. You know, it's competitive and, you know, we have a championship winners in the end. Um, <clears throat> so the I-10 is a, you know, 501 uh, C3 and all that comes to, it's a nonprofit organization where the fundraise from them goes through our sponsorship program, uh, scholarship program for our student athletes. Mm-hmm. Um, so that has grown tremendously over the years as well. Uh, I remember back in like 2011, you know, they had given away, <clears throat> I don't know how many, but it was $500 scholarships um, each. But this past year, we gave uh, out 34 scholarships um, at $1,150 a piece. Wow. So, you know, that's tremendous for, you know, just the program in itself and for those athletes who are able to, uh, the senior athletes who are able to receive it that year. This term is, is going to get bigger. Um, Jordan mm-hmm. will host, you know, theirs as well. Plus, we have another, the 10th high school in Katy that will open in 2024. So um, I can only see it expanding. Um, <laughs> and plus, not only do we have varsity teams, but we have right. uh, JV round robins as well. So um, instead of having, you know, those teams um, having us there, times varsity tournament this weekend jv tournament next weekend they can do it all encompassing in one mm-hmm. uh one venue one place uh, at the same time and you know the jv teams can compete against the other jv teams as well so there's 72 of those and it just you know it's a good opportunity for everybody within the community and around the state to come to All right. Awesome. Well, so run us through, that's a lot of great info you just dropped there. Tell us a little bit about, obviously that's a bit of a behemoth, right? In terms of getting your arms around, coordinating that, the logistics of that. Take us through a little bit of logistics in terms of, you know, you're, I know you're on the, you're on the board. Take us through just the planning process, the support staff, the board, you know, the volunteers, maybe the fields. I know you talked a little bit in terms of the locations, but what does that look like? What is it? How far out do we plan for this? How many members on the board, the support staff behind that, the volunteers that go behind that? And obviously that's a lot of support and established through a great relationship with uh, KDISD as well, right? Yeah, definitely. <clears throat> so getting to that point on the operations piece, we start planning probably right after the beginning of the school year starts back up. Um because you're right, it does take a lot of planning. We probably have, um, we have monthly um, meetings right after the beginning of the school year. Now we have weekly meetings because, you know, things just get uh, more intense and, you know, logistics-wise, got to get things together. Um, but the the partnership, so there's two pieces. So the board 
uh, and uh, so we handle all the logistics for the tournament. Um, that you know, all the the T-shirts, the media, the sponsors, um, the uh, the ticket sales, all those types of things we handle. Um, there is a coach. Um, it used to be Diane Lofton for many many years. You know, in the this mm-hmm. uh, the I-10 Shootout tournament. Uh, now, uh, Coach Edson, she is um, she handles the coach the coaches aspect. You know, she's that liaison between the tournament and the coaches. So, she sends out emails for um, the different schools that want to you know play in the tournament, and she fills out the kids and and uh, and that sort. Um, also, she's in charge of the referees and uh, getting those established colleges as well. Um, then we do need to partner with each one of the schools as well, um, because it takes a lot of parent, you know, volunteers, um, to run the, at the school, you know, so we have hospitality, um, you know, volunteers at each, so they, they'll have food and drinks and whatnot for all the volunteers and the refs while they're there. Um, you know, there's uh, volunteer for running the clock um, because there's games going all throughout. Oh, and this tournament goes Thursday, Friday, and Saturday. So you need volunteers because there's JV games there as well and varsity. The games are going from 8 a.m. to like 8 p.m. And so, yeah. you know, you need people running the clock. So whoever want to, you know, sign up for that clock, you know, you know, one of us will step in and uh, go there, but there's ticket sales, uh, you know, for the tents and t-shirts and, and whatnot for those, uh, volunteer opportunities. Mm-hmm. Uh, but each site itself, uh, when the school has its, uh, you know, soccer after tryouts and people make the team and whatnot, they usually talk about the coaches talk about this mm-hmm. event and have their sign up thing there. Yeah. That's a, uh, it's a, yeah, I mean, that's a pretty special event. I can only imagine in terms of the, the army of support staff and volunteers that it takes. So kudos to all of you now, now kind of refresh my memory. How long have you been doing this? How long have you been involved with the board and the, on the operations side? Oh, I've been here. This is my first year, uh, actually oh, with, okay. on the okay. operation side. I've been part mm-hmm. of it. Um, you know, just with family being in the participating and playing in the I-10 shootout uh, for many years. Um, you know, I try to not get myself involved too much into things. I have five kids, so I got to, you know, divvy out my time, you know, properly. You need, a, but no, you need a, uh, uh, you know, vol- an army of volunteers just for that. Yeah, <laughs> yeah for yeah. sure. Yeah. No, but um, it, uh, you know, I've grown to really love this tournament and uh, just the community and, you know, so around here for a long time it's mm-hmm. fun to make those connections and be able to make an impact uh in the, in the tournament itself and help it grow so you've seen it obviously you've experienced it as a parent your children pay, playing in it now you're obviously that's still the case but you're also you're involved on it now on the operations side what besides the fact that you're on the board and on the and kind of running the operations <clears throat> tell us briefly what's maybe from your perspective or what do you feel is going to be the different about this tournament, the I-10 shootout this year? About this year? Uh, I think the way I feel is we've done more of a 
kind of a social media push on different things um, and really uh, kind of showcasing that type of stuff earlier. Um, so I think the tournament has always been run well, logistic wise. Um, but, I, you know, providing a little bit more buzz, um, you know, this is the first year we've done pre-sales for t-shirts. Uh, typically we just do, you know, merchandise uh, that comes, you know, at the day of the event. Uh, but now we are doing pre-sales of it to make sure that, you know, one, they ensure that they get their shirt and they don't run out of something that they wanted and maybe missed out in previous years because it's happened before. Um, another thing uh, to sell at the venues this year is, you know, the little stickers uh, to go on the Yeti water bottles and that type of stuff. Um, so just little things to, you know, make it a commemorative type of event, um, you know, something they can have and collect over the years and uh, just going forward. But we also want to attract, you know, high level competition as well, right. you know, to come down here because I know there's a lot of tournaments, um, you know, to get in tournament season. And so people have to pick and choose where they want to go. And, you know, if they're traveling out of town and stuff and uh, hopefully we can be a destination. Awesome. And I know, yeah, definitely, we've definitely noticed the difference in terms of the marketing push and the social media piece and the interaction, and obviously the fact that you're here with us. So kudos to, you know, the entire board on that. Kudos to yourself as well. And we appreciate you all being here. And uh, hey, the uh, the 5050 podcast is always open to merch, right? Shirt, stickers, whatever we're just saying, just saying. But uh, yeah, <laughs> no, I'll, I'll kidding. <laughs> I'll kidding aside. Um, really appreciate you being here, Brandon. Uh, thank you. A lot of great info there. Now, can you share with us before we wrap up where mm -hmm. give us maybe a couple of schools or what's maybe a couple of schools that are coming from further away or maybe what's that furthest program uh, that's going to be involved in your uh, in your tournament? Uh, let's see here. I, I think one that we would probably all agree on um, just has, you know, made a statement itself, Frisco Island. Um, you know, what they've done the past couple of years. Uh, so having them down here this year is pretty exciting. Um, you know, getting to come down here. Um, you know, also from the Dallas area, there's Mansfield Legacy. Uh, they're, mm. they're coming from up in that area. It's here. Uh, we have a San Antonio team, Churchill, that's coming out nice. as well. Uh Richardson from the Dallas area. So we're attracting some, um, I would say we're attracting more, a, a few more Dallas teams than we have before. I mean, like last year mm -hmm. we had Lake Travis, which was nice. Uh, that was a good, you know, competition as well. Um, coming from area, trying to see if there was anything else, but we do have a few more that are outside. Uh, oh, Lake Highlands is another one. Lake Highlands from the Dallas area as well. Okay. Um, more than more than we have in the past, I would say, um, you know, so that's good to see. And just with these future brackets coming forth, I mean, that's 16 new teams that, you know, we'll have to fill uh, fill those brackets with. So more than there that we get, you know, the, these new teams kind of coming down and, you know, um, providing, you know, some good competition for the area down there. Also from 
the San Antonio Austin area as well. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Yeah. So, and I know earlier kind of <clears throat> come back to something you mentioned family, right? You mentioned your kids. And one thing that I wanted to give you uh, a shout out to, to your daughter and yourself as well to your family is so Maddie Rich. I know the goalkeeper there at Katie seven lakes and who's also a uh, Lamar university commit. So kudos to her. Very proud of her. I know she's been a, uh, she's been a supporter of the podcast as well. So, uh, you know, congratulations. Just wanted to congratulate you on that front. And uh, before Thank we go, just kind of wanted to see. Yes, sir. Absolutely. Uh, Rafa, you got any final final questions, final thoughts for Brandon? Yeah, Brandon, uh, any any out-of-state teams have shown any interest coming to your, uh, the tournament? Especially, like, I know, like, Louisiana's in close proximity and they're in season right, right now. Any, any opportunities um, for that? There hasn't future? been. We haven't got any notification on that for the state teams. Um, that would be an interesting. I mean, it's not. Um, it's not a far drive for those folks down in the south, you know, Indiana. So, um, who knows? Maybe, maybe one day it will. Yeah, awesome. And again, um, Brandon, can you give us give us those dates again for that uh, that tournament? Yeah, so January 12th through the 14th, that's uh, Thursday, Friday, and Saturday. Right. Um, so that will be a, uh, you know, so also on the Saturday championship game. So this is not, each has their own um, bracket, but the championship mm -hmm. games are all at the Legacy and Road Stadium in KDISD. So, okay. um, you know, obviously. Uh, venue for those championship games playing in the big stadiums uh, here in KDISD as well. And where can we go? Um, just kind of some plugs here. Where can we go to get more information, both on social media and your website? Uh, where can we go? Anybody yeah, wants so to get more information? Twitter, yeah, Twitter and Instagram are our most um, popular outlets on that. So at I10 Shootout uh, on those um, social media outlets. And then website at I10 shootout.org um, and you can find out you know yearly information on that you can see the brackets um, you can see merch sales there um, so yeah we're we're excited about this year uh, hoping it'll, it'll be a good year um, I think what we always I was praying hoping that we end up having good weather you know coming right. that time frame so <laughs> yeah 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 so awesome so Brandon, thank you very much. We uh, sincerely appreciate your time. Thank you for being here and uh, want to wish, you know, yourself, the board, all the volunteer staff members, and then, of course, all the student athletes that will be participating in your tournament. Just congratulations, uh, best of luck, and uh, you all are doing a phenomenal job with that tournament. So thank you again for your time. Yeah, thank you for me on. Awesome. Thank you. Thank you again, Brandon. We appreciate you. That is uh, Brandon Rich, the uh, operations coordinator for the I-10 shootout tournament, which is hosted by, what is that, eight KDISD campuses. Pretty phenomenal tournament. So thoughts, Rafa, what do you think? Yeah, that's, one, like I say, one of the best uh, girls soccer tournaments in the state of Texas. You know, so it's right, right up there. So you're playing some of the best talent in, in, in that tournament, you know, you said you have those Dallas area teams now coming down. You got we got a couple San Antonio teams, and hopefully, like I said, right. we'll, we'll start attracting some of those out of state teams. You know, like from Louisiana, maybe from I don't know mm -hmm. some, some other tournaments. We have some teams from California or 
Florida is just like I said, it's attracting interest, and hopefully it leads to the kind of like make it becoming like a nationwide tournament for that. That mm-hmm. you know, in January, they, you know, we want to see you know some of these kids want to measure up how good they are maybe against some of the teams in California or Nevada or Florida, you know, to showcase how good our our Texas high school soccer is. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's it's interesting from the standpoint of. You mentioned Louisiana as well, because I know in my previous stint at St. Mary's Hall, my very first year there, we used to play in a tournament. <clears throat> we used to play in a tournament there in Lake Charles, right? It was a very big tournament. This was in in uh, in December, I want to say. It was usually right around that finals week, so about the second or third week of December. And uh, very big tournament. And like most states, Louisiana has, there is no separation between public and private schools, right? So they're all in together. And we were playing against some, it was it was a big tournament, gigantic tournament. And we, we fared relatively well. So I'm just kind of curious if by, by come January, if they're already in their quote unquote district play, because I know they're, they're kind of laid out a little differently, even though they are in season. So yeah, it's a great question though. Good question. So we segue over, um, on the state side, any one or two thoughts in terms of state tournaments before we kind of look at, we let you kind of take the lead a little bit on some local tournaments? I, th- I think the three big ones is the Northeast Texas, the North Texas Elite Showcase, goes out the Austin Lake Showcase, and then also the, the, the Governor's Cup in Georgetown. So those are your kind of your top three. You know, I know there's other ones, but that those are usually the, your, those are the three that really attract your, high state level state high ranking teams uh mm-hmm. even out of state teams too so and it's like i said I, i've seen some of the some of the brackets especially like in the north texas elite there, there's some doozy <laughs> some doozy games that you know right. they're kind of like dream matchups you know for maybe for a state title or or these are basically playoff caliber games you know and not not just by not by district but you know right into the thick of a like a regional final or even a state semifinal, or even a state final so yeah it's it's good you know so you're playing quality teams and it's a good measuring stick you know to see where you're at how far are you as far as getting to that level and mm-hmm. and, and yeah. never yeah. like i said teams shouldn't shy away getting to the, it's a good learning experience right right yeah yeah for sure yeah and i think i know the uh the governor's cup is hosted by georgetown is pretty unique mm-hmm. from the standpoint of they have they have them back to back weekends. I think that it'll be the first two weekends, if I'm not mistaken, in January, right? I just just can't remember the order as far as if it's the girls that are that's first followed by the boys or vice versa. Um, but yeah, interesting. So yeah, definitely excited on that. I know apps up in uh, up in the Fort Worth area, right? Uh, that'll be an interesting one. That'll be very good. And then of course, uh, you know the uh, the Austin Lakes uh, Showcase event uh, that's been growing in terms of stature as well and. Mm-hmm. Uh, the, the teams, the quality of teams in that field is is pretty phenomenal. And that's, of course, that's hosted by, that's run by uh, Lake Travis's own and 5050 podcast alum, Coach Bammel, David Bammel. So we'll look to have him on, hopefully, maybe at some point on this year as well. So, all right, locally, what's uh, in the uh, greater, maybe greater San Antonio? We just talked about Austin in terms of the, the Austin Lakes showcase, but yeah, the greater San Antonio, maybe Austin area, South Texas area, even what's uh, what's uh, maybe a couple of tournaments that you you want to highlight? Well, even like an honorable mention for stateside, I actually for foray the Sal- the Salado tournament, uh, I just want to mention them too. Um, 
they bring in the top 4A schools in the state for those for the boys and girls. So that's a, that's another one to also keep an eye. But locally, we have pretty are some great tournaments here too. Uh, we have one coming up in the first week, the the, the Rangerette tournament from at Spencer Valley. We saw some of the brackets already. Some really high quality teams. Some great teams. Right, like I said, right. we have El Paso Franklin coming, so that should be interesting. Them going to get some of the San Antonio teams. Um, we got a couple. You know, you know, we have the Reagans, Spencer Valley moving up from six A to five A. See how you know how, how they're going to fare. Uh, we also have the Northeast ISD showcase. I think that's the following week. Uh, we have Salt Lake Carroll coming. Uh, we've seen already the, their schedule. Uh, they're playing, I think, Brand, I think they have Brandeis, Johnson, and Reagan. That, that's I'm looking forward to those games. Hopefully, I'll get to live stream one of those. Uh, Boys side, we have the Northside ISD showcase. Uh, that's in the first week as well. We also have the Ranger Cup as well. Uh, I'm trying to think. Alamo Heights tournament. We, had some, mm -hmm. we went to that one last year. We saw some quality teams. Right, uh, we right. saw El Paso, one of the El Paso teams, knock off Lee in that tournament. And like I said, we had a we saw Bernie, the four boys state champs in that tournament. They did well, you know. They played up against, you know, teams up, you know, higher in their classification, and uh, so that that was a good, good, you know, I guess a good tournament. And then there's a, there's mm -hmm. other ones too. Um, like this, like uh, like I mentioned. Yeah, maybe even going to like in the valley. There's some valley ones too as well. I know some of our mm -hmm. San Antonio teams go down there because some right. of them do play them in the playoffs. So, but just, like I said, mostly is like I said, it's North Side, Northeast ISD, and, and that Ranger Cup. We also have the Cibolo, the the shirt Cibolo one too. That one's always a good one. I heard last year. Yeah. I don't know last year. There's some quality games for that one. Yeah, it tends to be a, pre a pretty good mix here. So now, in terms of the local, in terms of the local tournaments, are there any? Any outside teams, visiting teams coming into the San Antonio area that maybe have you that you want to highlight that have you excited? Maybe you're gonna to try to see if you can cover. Well, that well, it's South Lake Carroll because they're the state champs for the girls. Uh, I'm I'm excited for that one to see how they go up against the one the one game in particular I'd really want to see is them versus Reagan. You know, Reagan was like I mentioned their their original finals last year. Um, you know, I, I know they lost to Westlake in you know in the regional final. I, I like to see what where Reagan can do against South Lake Carroll. Um, I want to see all the, what the talents, like I said, I got to see them last year. And even, even though they lost them to shoot out to, uh, to another state semifinal, this was, was Bernie right. champion. So that should be really good. And then also uh, I'm really interested in seeing uh, El Paso Franklin girls, you know, see how they measure up with the San Antonio teams. I know they went last year, I think to Houston last year, I think now it's coming a little bit closer, <laughs> not too far away. Let a uh, mm -hmm. shorter bus ride for them. Um, hopefully, like like to see them play against you know uh, Smithson Valley or, or whoever else is on, on that on that on that you know on that on those brackets and so forth. Right. Yeah. My understanding. So when I spoke with both uh, Coach Valle and Coach Hernandez uh, from Franklin, both the head girl uh, women's and men's soccer coach, they <clears throat> excuse me. I spoke with them at. Uh, at the Tesco, Texas High School Soccer Coaches Convention, right back last month, and they're both coming. So Coach Hernandez was telling me that his boys are also coming to San Antonio. So, so yeah, that'll be interesting. That'll be interesting to watch as well to see how they how they fare against uh, some of the San Antonio schools as well. So, uh, yeah, yeah, looking forward to that one as well. So, um, any final thoughts on that, Coach? Before we uh, transition over to the RPI. 
No, the, like I said, you know, the first week, it's like I said, uh, a lot of the tur these tournaments are they're just measuring sticks on what you, you know, what you have and what, and also preparation for your for district. Like I said, a lot of teams are in 10 team districts. So this is their, their, their war, you know, kind of like their, their warm up right before mm -hmm. they get into the meat of the district play. I know, like I said, with those teams with nine, 10 district games, you know, this is the only non district games they have to prepare. Um, you know, there's some that maybe, you know, they're have six, you know, they still have time to kind of prepare, even though they're doing scrimmages, but scrimmages are really measured because you're just kind of seeing what, what works, what doesn't work here. Yeah, you're trying to figure you out know, what you got. Yeah. Exactly. Yeah. You got, you're figuring out what you have and, and moving forward and getting ready, especially to your district play. If you're one of those big, you know, in those big districts. Right. Right. So, um, all right, here we go. So moving on, we are going to progress now here. So the debut of the initial debut of the RPI, the Rafa Power Index. So what made this one pretty unique, uh, it's pretty, I like it, it's pretty cool. Um, just the format, uh, we don't, you know, I know you don't look at 4A rankings, 5A rankings, 6A rankings, you kind of put them all in together and they just kind of become this huge kind of pound for pound stand ranking system, right? And obviously it's preseason, so it's totally... <laughs> totally a mixed bag in terms of what to what to how you can assess a team in terms of how they did last year what they have coming back uh but uh, go ahead dive in tell us uh tell us a little bit go through this and tell us uh, your thoughts on uh, your initial rpi here yeah this is the girls one was I, I think more difficult actually than the boys you know and uh, honestly I, you know there's at least 20 i mean i could have done a probably a top 25 you know because it's that's just how deep uh, as for, from 4A to 6A, how deep uh, of the, the girls' teams are as far as quality, and you know, and we got some some of the best teams. We got some state champs, some semifinalists, and some teams that made some great runs. Um, like for example, like I said, we have I have South Lake Carroll as number one. You know, they're the team to beat. You know, and for you know 6A, but they're they have s that team so deep with talent. You know, like I said, mentioned, I'm looking forward to see what you know what they do here in San Antonio. Um, and I have number two at Salina. Look what they did last year. And then, and if you've been kind of following them on on their scrimmages, they've been playing teams to two classifications up and been taking care of business. So uh, they're right. the real deal. Right. And so that's why I have them high. You know, for a four A to be the number two team, you know, statewide. That I mean, they've earned it. And like I said, and there's a proof right there. Look what they're doing on the scrimmages. Uh, three Frisco Wakeland. You know, that was tough kind of between them and Salina, but they're kind of very close neck and neck. But uh, like I said, I did get the edge of Salina. Frisco Wickland, like I said, they're no slouch. You know, they're, you know, the class act of, for 5A girls soccer. Look what they did last year. And like I said, they're going to be one of the favorites again to win it all. But then you look down below, you have Grapevine, who they played. You know, that's another another follow team for the Metroplex. Uh, one that we had high hopes last year uh, that surprised some teams was Prosper. Prosper's are actually ranked, you know, some of them had them at rank number one. Uh, they had a good run, but they ended up getting knocked down with, by one of the Fire Mound teams. Uh, six, Westlake. Westlake was a sleeper team. Nobody, I think a lot of attention was on on Lake Travis to make a run to to Georgetown, but Lake Westlake found a way and ended up winning, you know, winning Region 4. And, and you know, like I said, they they battled through, you know, not you know buying out of the semifinals, but they, you know they have. I'm sure they're going to have a good squad coming up. You know, yeah, this they had season. a very they had a very talented squad, but they kind of just they kind of 
snuck up on people, right? And yeah. <clears throat> I know we got to cover them in that, uh, what was that, regional semifinal versus mm -hmm. San Antonio O'Connor or Helotus O'Connor. And, yeah. Uh, yeah, they they took care of business. They put them away. And they were, and I know they have a good amount of talent coming back, so they're gonna they're gonna be an interesting one. Yeah, and number and number seven, I have Magnolia. They had a great run last year. Like I said, that was another sleeper team. No one really kind of, they weren't on the radar either. Uh, but I'm sure now they're gonna have a target in their back over there in Region Three. Uh, uh, number eight, Bernie Champion. They knocked off Dripping Springs. You know, and we went to the first game, and that was our first coverage of that game in the cold. They're at they're at Bernie. Um, you know, and, you know, Dripping Springs kind of manhandled them that first game. But then that second game, you know, they lost. It was a close one. And then, you know, you had that feeling, hey, then this could be the third time is going to be the turn to finally get over the hump. And they were able to knock knock off Dripping Springs and PKs. And, you know, so they're going to be one of the one of the teams to watch, especially now here in 5A from Region 4. Rockwell's another one, kind of like a little Cinderella story, but really – you know, you know, with all those Metroplex teams that, you know, like Fire Miles, Marcus, Carroll, you know, Salina, Wick, Frisco, you know, Rockwell kind of just, you know, snuck up on us also a lot of people too. Uh, Ridgepoint, Ridgepoint was one of the, was one of the top teams last year that I think they were undefeated and then finally they, they fought bowed out. You know, I, mm -hmm. I, we had some, some of us had them going to the final end, just, but it'll, they'll feel short, but I think they'll bounce back from it. Um, they, ran another into, they ran into uh, they ran into Rockwall last year. Yeah, <laughs> that's what yeah. that's what happened. Yeah. yeah. So, and then number eleven, I have Bernie, the, the Bernie Lady Greyhounds, uh, another team that you know I had high hopes for them. You know, even and for my you know my rankings for the for the for the roundtable, you know, I had them in my, my top ten, and you know, there I had them as I think were preseason favorite to win district, and and end up Wimberley ended up winning it, but they just got. And I went to their first playoff game at uh, against Vivalde, which was one of, was one of the other top teams in that in our region, and that's that kind of started it on. They got on a hot streak and they knocked off Wimberley in that regional uh, final and, and moved on to you know to the state tournament. So keep an eye on them. Plus, they were a very young team, so they said so they had a lot of talent. And then Midlothian Heritage, you know, you know what a game they had with Salina last year. You know, it was basically yeah. probably like yeah. you mentioned, it was one of the best games you. Probably the best, one of the best finals we've ever had. I think that the France Argentina Men's World Cup <laughs> yeah. final we had was maybe second to that one. <laughs> yeah, it was, it was that amazing. It was obviously a little tongue, little tongue in cheek, but yeah, no, it was that phenomenal of a final between between those two. Yeah, and then like I said, they're a great team. Now they're moving up to five A, so we'll see. I, I think, like I said, I think they're gonna. They're going to do great. You know, so there's going to be some 5A teams that don't probably don't want to challenge, you know, play them because then, you know, just because they came down from a lower classification, you can't take them lightly. Uh, another team, you know, from East Texas that at least not uh, known for soccer is Lumberton. Lumberton sneak up. Like I said, they also sneaked up on some teams and they had a great, they made a great run, uh, making it to the, you know, to the, you know, the state tournament. Um, San Antonio Reagan, like I said, so, one of our top teams here in San Antonio, they had a great run. You know, they play, we got to see quite a few of their games and, you know, a lot, there were some toe to toe games. I remember one game they had, they went at it with, uh, uh, with the Johnson in that regional quarterfinal game it was back and forth until they were able to sneak one in, I think the next, the next time. So, you know, keep an eye on them. Uh, Bay city, like I said, Bay city was another one kind of simple. Actually, those one that they got knocked out by Lumberton, but Bay city, 
was ranked high last year. Uh, they had a great run in the playoffs. And so that's that rounds up my top 15. But then I have honorable mentions, uh, Lake Travis, who would add one of my favorites to go into going into the state tournament last year. They fell short uh, to Johnson, which was a good little shocker there. But I think this year, I think they'll, I think they'll have enough to come back. I know they have a new coach uh, going into this year and I'm and coming over from the boys. So I think he'll, he'll get them prepared and be a contender for Region 4. And Dripping Springs, you know, we saw them quite a few times. You know, they're, they're, they seem they seem very invincible last year until they ran into Bernie Champion in that regional final. But, you know, moving up to yeah. from 5A to 6A, I, I, I still think they have enough talent. And I, I think they're going to cause some problems with for Lake Travis and Westlake. I, I think those two should oh, not yeah. take oh, Dripping yeah. Springs lightly. Yeah. They, you know, they've been to, like I said, they've been to the mountaintop. They know how to win, mm-hmm. and I, I think they're going to be, you know, they're probably hoping to say, hey, they're going to, you know, kind of not take, you know, take them light, not saying take them lightly, but just not, you know, well, they're just moving up for five, you know, they're, they're yeah. I think I have it, I think they have a legitimate shot of winning that district, so it's yeah, it's gonna I think be a for, them, for drip for drip, it's just, <clears throat> excuse me, for drip, it's just going to be a matter of how soon they can really get settled in right into their into the new lay of the land if you will in terms mm-hmm. of their their district making that jump to 6a their the players the talent that they lost the talent that they graduated and then how quick that learning curve for their their new up and coming talent right that's uh, that developed last year or that's coming in right i think mm-hmm. it's for them it's just going to be a matter of how quick they can make that adjustment yeah and then i have fire mine is another as far as honorable mention, uh, they they're usually a powerhouse there in the Dallas area. Last year, I know they I think they were able to knock off Prosper, but then they fell the following week. Uh, but keep an eye on them. Like I said, I think they're one of those teams that could challenge you know South Lake Carroll in the playoffs. Uh, Burleson Centennial, it's an up, a new up and coming team. Uh, they had a great season last year. I think they're going to be able to build on that and make another another run. And then you have Colville Hedridge. You know, lots of tradition there, and then with not only with the boys, but here with the girls team too as well. And like I said, they were one of the top uh, Metroplex teams coming in and again th- this year. Yeah, is this the year? Is this a year where they can break through? Right, Colgill Heritage mm-hmm. and uh, yeah, Flower Mound. I think it's just a matter of time as well. So yeah, I think uh, and we'll talk. Obviously, we'll talk a little bit more about South Lake Carroll when we get into our champions review uh, segment. But yeah, I think. Uh, really loaded you know and you look on here very yeah you see salina at two and bernie at 11 but obviously these are those are the only if i'm not mistaken those are the only four a's on there right if i'm looking at that correctly. uh lumberton and bay city oh, oh there you go yeah. um so yeah but i mean you, there's very little separation between those two which we'll we'll get into also a little bit more with our champions review so um great stuff great stuff so let's Gonna go ahead and look over now at our our men's soccer RPI a little bit, uh, and you're saying this one this one wasn't easy by any means, but wasn't no. I guess as much of a challenge for you as the uh, as <laughs> yeah. the women's side was. So I have, and, like I said, number one, like I said, I have Frisco Wakeland. Like I said, they I see them as the gold standard when it comes to Texas high school soccer. They have not only the tradition. But look at the amount of state championships. They've been in the state championships, I think, with the last five years. And one, I think, four out of the five. So, they, like I said, that's the the ideal program right now. 
And I think they're going to, you know, they didn't know the surprising thing about them. They did not win their district last year. And, you mm-hmm. know, there was another team in their district. We thought maybe it was their year to kind of, you know, hey, we'll be the other Frisco team that wins the state title. But Wakeland was able to find a way. They always find a way in the playoffs. I think that's where they really shine. And like I said, we know we had them you know, last this past year on during this year, on, on, you know, talking to them about the run. You know, so I think they have enough talent to to re- repeat again. Yeah. So, you know, keep an eye on them. Wakeland, uh, number two was Keller. Keller was, uh, like I said, they were one of the favorites from the Metroplex LA as far as the 6A. They lo- they fell short. But I think this year, I think they were turning enough players back to, you know, make another deep run. And hopefully they bring, you know, like I said, hopefully they'd be able to break through and finally represent Region 1. But it's going to be tough for them because it's a, there's a lot of quality teams in Region 1 to get through. Uh, three KD Seven Lakes, like I said, they would punch their ticket in the Georgetown last year. Uh, you know, I know they fell short; <laughs> they had a lead and then lost it. Um, they, I think, they're going to be the top, probably the top team from the Houston area. Uh, number four, the defending six A champs, Lake Travis. Um, they'll, like I said, they're going to be cont- contention again. I know they lost; you know, it was a senior later uh, team, but you know. They always reload. They always find talent, and I'm sure you know from their JV teams, you know they're gonna have some team those players you know step up to. Like I said, it's always the next man up for them, and and also right. they return their quality goalkeeper that they have. So that's good to have their to kind of anchor that defense. So though, like right. I said, they're gonna be in the mix. You know, you know, even though they lost a lot of players, just keep an eye on them. I think they can have a good, a good shot of getting back into you know back to Georgetown. Number five, um, or Bernie. What can you say about them? They they've been the class act for four the last like some back to back championships. Uh, they're my fair to win. I think to get the three peak. Um, they also have quality goalkeeper coming back as well. Um, you know they they just learn they they find a way to win and I think really no one in that in region four hasn't really been able to touch you know touch them as far as kind of challenge them or last year actually a lot of teams would take the lead on them and then boom. Uh, they end up scoring four or five, six goals in a row, you know, and and really kind of flex their muscle. So, you know, we'll see how they do this year. But I think, like I said, I, I have a feeling that I think they're going to get the three-peat this year. Uh, mm-hmm. Six, South Lake Carroll for the boys' side. Like I said, I think they'll be in contention. It's like I said, Region 1 is just, I mean, you're talking about group of death as far as quality teams, you know, not only the Metroplex, but you also have the El Paso area, Midland, Odessa. It's 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 a jungle there <laughs> to try to get to represent region yeah, one. Yeah. But South Lake Carroll, I think I think they have the talent because I think you know if they can get hot towards the end of the season and, and make that little run in the playoffs, I said I wouldn't be surprised if they can get in, sneak in, and get take punch their ticket to Georgetown. Another one is Duncanville. Like I said, not only their football team is good, same thing with their so- basketball so far. They you know quality soccer team. I think they'll be in the mix. Same thing with Allen. Uh, Another great team from the Metroplex area. Uh, my first kind of San, second San Antonio area team is going to be Reagan. Reagan had a great year last year. Uh, I know they're gonna, uh, we had Coach you had Coach Rayal uh, on on Wednesday. Uh, I think so. They're still my favorite for six A. I know I know it's going to have some uh, teams challenging them like Brandeis, and of course Lee uh, Johnson. But I think Reagan's got enough. To, I think the challenge and hopefully they can get, finally get over the hump and punch you know and get into that state tournament. Grapevine, same another traditional soccer power there from Metroplex. They always make deep runs in the playoffs, so I have them at ten. Uh, Eleven has Salina, which made the final last year. 
Uh, I have a feeling they're going to should be bounce, you know, take care of business in region two. And, uh, and we could see them. Maybe we'll see Salina versus Bernie part two, you know, in the final, uh, which is a good possibility. Uh, 12, we have the Woodlands, another traditional soccer power from the Houston area. Uh, so you'll see them make a run. Uh, Harlan, Harlan's another team that made it to the regional semifinals last year. Got, you know, the loss to, to Lake Travis, you know, they were in for a little bit of that, you know, they were in for that game, but, you know, Lake Travis was able to pull away. But Harlan, I think they still have enough, you know, even though they opened Softa Mayor this year, you know, maybe taking some of their younger players there, but I think they still have a good core of players, upperclassmen that need to make another good run. Uh, out of the El Paso area, we have Del Valle. Del Valle is another great, another great program. Uh, I think they should be represent uh, for five, like I said, for their district, win their district, make a run, you know, back into you know Region One for you know for them, and maybe we'll see we'll see them in, in Georgetown. And then the last uh, number fifteen is Ailey Felsick. Ailey Felsick, like I said, they've they've won state before. Uh, this is a program that's you know been on the rise, and it's on the uh, one of the top programs now in the Houston area. Um, and hopefully, they'll say that we can see them make a, a deep run then hopefully see them in Georgetown this year. And then as far as my top, you know, my honorable mention, my next five in, I have Palestine. Like I said, what can you say about Palestine? They've been one of the top programs in the state for 4A. Uh, number two, I have for school Lone Star, who actually won the district last year in the same district with Wakeland. You know, is this year they finally kind of get it together? And if they meet up with Wakeland in the playoffs, if they knock them off, like I said, we'll, we'll see that. Another three was kind of a, another a team that was under the radar, but they, they made a statement. This you know in the playoffs was Mahia, and so keep an eye on them for four A. I think they have a good shot again, again deep again. Uh, my boys, uh, my boys Mahia, man, they get. Yeah. Uh, I think my also yeah, I was big on them last year. As you remember, as you were making their run, they were making their run in the uh, the state playoffs, and uh, yeah, they also get my. One of my top awards for a uh, kit, one of the best kits in the state, if you remember that also. so. And then number four, we have Colville Heritage, just like the girls, you know, because of the boys. Exactly. Exactly, just like the girls. Yeah, yeah I mean, well coached. Is this the year that they can kind of break through playing in a very, very strong district? And if you notice, they're, they're, you know, uh, there, there's quite a few teams that have, you know, the boys and the girls in, within you know, both programs, the boys and the girls are like the top programs and so forth. And right. that shows what the quality of soccer they have at those schools. And then number number five, I have Alamo Heights. Uh, they had a good run last year. Um, I know they're in different district this year. They should be the fair to win theirs. Uh, you know, they may, have, like I said, we'll see how they fare, you know, going into because they do have some contenders in there in that region, uh, region four. Like I said, now we have the Spencer Valley moving down. Um, will Bernie Champion bounce back? Um, Keep an eye on Liberty Hill, like I said, you know, but I think Alamo Heights can make a deep run. Um, you know, like I said, I know recently they've been scrimmaging, having some good games, and we'll see, we'll see what they do this year. But like I said, well, hopefully, like I, said, I think they have a good opportunity to get into the regional tournament for this, for, for 5A yeah. Region 4. Yeah, great list. Great, you know, great list. Uh, I think uh, one, one that some people will probably ask, so I'll ask it maybe, mm -hmm. is – the one that kind of stands out that maybe, if not in your top 15, maybe in your next five in, right, is our honorable mention, but El Paso Eastlake, right, out in Region 1. Talk to us a little bit in terms of when you were looking at them, what, what were your thoughts on that as far as when you were assessing your RPI here? I think with them, the last two years, they've had some good runs. 
especially two years ago, we 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 thought they were going to make it to into not only the state tournament but also to the final. You know, we were kind of looking for that dream matchup between them and Lee, which, you know, like I said, East Lake did. You know, were knocked off. You know, you know. I'm trying to figure out who they got knocked off in the two years ago. I think it was Allen. It was Allen, if I'm not mistaken. Yeah. So, you know, yeah, Allen. So that's, you know, can they get over that hump, you know, yeah, you know, for, with those Dallas teams, you know, once they get into the regional tournament this year, you know, you know, we don't, I'm not too sure how, how much of the rebuilding back. Cause like I said, I'm sure they've graduated, you know, quite a good class. Cause this is gonna, probably going to be a different, different class of players that they have. Um, can they, you know, learn from these te- two years, you know, can we get over the hump? Um, and like I said, I, you know, may not have them in like top 15 or in my honorable mention, but I think they're one of the uh, top 25. If there is a top 25 state rankings, there would be in it. And, but could this be the year for they finally get things together and make a, make that rug and make a statement and get that, that Dallas team monkey off their back and, you know, right. be that uh, one of those El Paso teams if, that gets, gets to Georgetown this year. Yeah. Yeah. And of course, you know, one, one thing to mention as well is <clears throat> this is just your initial, right? We'll, uh, we'll re-examine this in, in a couple of weeks, maybe, you know, one or two episodes down the road and you'll unveil your next one. So, you don't. I know you don't plan to try to pump these out weekly or anything like that, but, um, pretty tough, pretty highly competitive list. Mm-hmm. And like I said, one of the things that I want to highlight in terms of just analysis and what we're about here at Inside Texas High School Soccer is, and the uniqueness of that particular, <clears throat> excuse me, ranking system that we call the RPI, right? Your, your power, the Rafa power index is that it is a pound for pound list in terms of when you factor in, you know, pedigree, uh, obviously pedigree, history, coaching, the, the recent success, maybe in the last year or two, how they did last year in particular, what they lost, what they graduated, what they have coming back. So it's a number, you know, the district that they play in, the region that they have to go through. So it's a number of factors, but yeah, it's not easy. <laughs> no. Yeah. So, all right. Awesome. So, Hey, that's going to do it for, uh, we got one more thing to cover. We're going to do our 2022 champions review where we'll discuss our thoughts on maybe some of the last year's champions. It's really the last time we discussed last year. We'll look at last year's champions and kind of get our thoughts on, who is maybe the least likely or most likely to repeat and then also where just where every champion lies. So don't go anywhere. We'll be right back after a quick word from our sponsor. College Promoters USA, founded and located in San Antonio, operates as the only family-owned college recruiting company in Texas that brings a truly professional, local, and face-to-face approach to area high school student athletes and their families. As the lead sponsor and proud supporter of the 5050 podcast, alongside Coach Hector Cano, College Promoters is proud to be elevating its support for the college soccer recruiting process more than any other service in the country. If your son or daughter is serious about competing in college soccer, call College Promoters USA directly at 210-494-6363 or visit collegepromotersusa.com anytime. College Promoters USA, the best investment a parent can make in their high school student-athlete. And we are back again. It's uh, season three, episode two of Inside Texas High School Soccer. We are joined by 
Mr. At Papa Sakuritis himself, Coach Ad Rafa Castorena, or I don't know why I threw at in there, but Rafa Castorena. And uh, so we got one more segment to go. We're going to look at our 22 champions review. But before we do that, just wanted to share with you again, our good friends at Gipper, as you know, we're working with them closely. They help us with a lot of our, uh, a lot of our digital work, a lot of our just artwork and a lot of our uh, graphics, right? And able to do some phenomenal stuff with them. So Gipper is the way schools, athletic departments, ADs, and coaches create world-class marketing content. Join 2,500 coaches and ADs and use Gipper to create high-quality visual branded graphics for your program. The best part? Anyone can do it in seconds on any device without needing any design experience whatsoever. We've been using them with them. We've been partnered with them for going on about six months now and uh, love it. Absolutely love it. So uh, the other best part about that is listeners uh, of the 5050 podcast can receive 10% off any first time Gipper purchase. Again, that's an annual package right where you can save 10, 10% off. Visit gipper.com slash partner slash 5050 to learn more. Again, that's gipper.com slash partner slash 5050 to learn more. So, all right, shall we? Let's discuss champions here. So, one more set here. All right. So, here we go. So, again, as we mentioned our last time, that we'll really kind of give any distinct analysis or just talk about last <clears throat> excuse me last year so we look at the 2022 champions review and we, what we wanted to do in this particular segment is look back at last year's champions honor them one more time and then also just talk about hey where the lay of the land within their districts within their classifications who maybe who they lost graduation what they have coming in and uh, where we maybe have can we forecast or can we have an idea of how far they can go and who can maybe repeat. So initial thoughts as we let's start with 4A thoughts, Rafa. I think, you know, with the girls side with Salina, I think they have a really good opportunity to repeat. And, and one of the reasons was now, now you don't have Melothian heritage <laughs> in the, in the mix anymore. Now that they're up at 5A and, and if you kind of look back at the brackets you know, who, who really can contend against Salina? I know Salina lost her top goal scorer, but like the they find, like I said, what the, I've seen some with their scrimmages, they, they've reloaded again. And, and I, I don't know who's going to be able to contend with them, whether through at region one, especially region two, you know, is there someone from region one that can do it? Maybe Stephenville, you know, I know Stephenville has been one of those top teams last few years and also that's gone toe to toe with like Midlothian and um, region three, you know, will Lumberton come back or is it Bay city uh, region four? We had the Bernie girls last year, but we also have some other contenders. You know, you do have like Wimberley uh, uh, the year before we had Corpus Christi, Kyle Allen, are they going to bounce back? Um, we also have uh, Davenport. So yeah, Salina, I think it has a, you know, a really, like I mentioned, have a really good opportunity, I think, to repeat again. As far as the, the Bernie, boy, uh, for the boys, or the men's soccer, the Bernie boys. Well, let's go, hold up real quick. Go. Let me go with, okay. uh, let me follow up with that with Salina. So I think on the 4A girls' side, I, I mean, yeah, <clears throat> you know, they graduate, obviously, tremendous amount of talent. And then, you know, Taylor Strajewski trying to replace her, which is, you don't really, you don't replace a player like that. But I think they're, yeah, I mean, there you are. 
they're loaded in terms of talent and uh, how far can they go? I think obviously the safe, the safe bet is that they'll be, they'll be in Georgetown. The question is going to be, I think they are on this potential collision course with, you remember they, they met last year uh, in the state semifinal and Bernie who will return a very, very, very strong team uh, team that was loaded with sophomores. I think mm-hmm. if I'm not mistaken, I think only had two seniors. So uh, I think that is one that's going to be interesting to watch that we'll have to watch closely. But yeah, all indications are, you know, Salina is just a matter of, you know, when I talked to coach Adams at the uh, Tasco convention was scoring, right? I think that's what he's is like, how do we replace all that scoring from, you know, from Taylor Strzeski and, uh, but I think there are, if, if their scrimmages are any indication, they're definitely on the right track though. Yeah. So moving on to 4A, 4A men's soccer, 4A boys. Bernie's kind of also maybe not so much as a similar situation as Salina because there are some contenders. But I, I think the one thing with Bernie, I, I think I see them getting the three-peat. Uh, Coach Strong just has a, has a great program there. You know, you see how, how hard those players play for him. And, and I think also returning back to their, their star goalkeeper, I think that's a big difference. If you look kind of like the Argentina game, you know, having a star quality goalkeeper is going to win you championships. Yeah. And and yeah. and that's and Bernie has that. And and like I said, I think they'll reload again. You know, and I do see them. You know, like I said, they are going to play. You know, they're going to probably lose some games because they're all they are playing up. You know, and up in classification for certain non their district non district games. But hey, that gets them prepared for for the playoffs and. Those, you know, I'm sure those losses they had last year against those, you know, those 5A, 6A teams, it prepared them for that deep run. And I'm sure it's going to do it again for dividends again this year. And like I said, I see them up there. You know, who can challenge them this year? As far as Region 4, I don't really see anybody challenging them. Maybe Progresso. But like I said, Bernie went down there and manhandled them. Um, Can, you know, Progresso find Mm -hmm. a way? Uh, But as far as, you know, the other regions – you know, Palestine, you know, you look at Palestine, can they get him back to the state tournament? You know, could they be the ones knocking off Bernie or even the Salina boys too? You know, could say they lost in that. Right. Know, yeah. You know, list them in the final. Um, you look at region one. Uh, you have a couple El Paso teams. You look at St. Eli. Uh, you got mm-hmm. also, um, you know, some teams. Yeah, that they'll have down a say. Like- you get 1-4-A out there is, is a stacked district too. So that's mm-hmm. going to be whoever comes out of that and survives that. Is going to definitely have a say. Yeah, and you're looking also at um like uh, El Paso, Bowie, Austin. Right. You know those those are three legitimate teams that can get to, you know, to Georgetown and maybe challenge Bernie. Uh, you know, region. You know, there's you know, like I said, there's also a couple like other Dallas area teams like Diamond Di- Hill, Diamond uh, Hill Jarvis. <laughs> you know, they did a yeah. that. You know, they made a had another good run last year. You know, and who's to say they, they can't do it again this year? I think I think they've right. taken that that step to becoming that you know a perennial soccer power within that Fort Worth area for four A. So there's a lot of contenders, but like I said, I'm still going to give the edge to to the Bernie boys this year to get the three P. Yeah, you know, with with Bernie on the you know on the four A boys side, I think that I mean you're right. You can't ignore just the the machine. I guess at this point, right? What Coach Strong has built there the talent level, how well coached they are. And uh, it's just, it's the culture, right? At this point. And uh, yeah, I think it's the, it's the inverse of what you see on the 4A girls side, right? Where 
you have Salina. That's the Salina boys are going to be coming for, you know, for the for Bernie this time, trying to trying to get their own version of revenge as well. Uh, so yeah, and Salina will be strong. Salina boys will definitely have a say. But yeah, I think right now it's hard to go against the. If there's anyone there that could legitimately, any of these schools that have gone back to back in recent memory that could challenge that are definitely front runners in terms of uh, a three peat. It's the Bernie boys. So, all right, we move on to five uh, A, and uh, you know, could you know similar to what we just discussed in terms of four A, could Bernie challenge for a uh, a sweep possibly? Right, kind of like what uh, what five A just what Frisco Wakeland did in five A last year, you know, to be determined. Who knows? We'll see. We'll find out. But uh, or could it go the other way? Right? Could Salina potentially do a sweep in four A like Frisco Wakeland did last year? But uh, but yeah, one thing for sure in terms of five A, in terms of Frisco, you know, it's just especially on the boy side, it's like it's it's death taxes and Frisco Wakeland. Right? They're just they're just always there. I you know we had them when we had them on the podcast during the champions edition we talked about they you know they book they book their reservations for georgetown you know in january kind of thing so they're just there's something to be said about just the experience level and the calm of getting through that grind that you know you talked about it right they didn't you know district play and you got to get through that and sometimes things don't go your way but then some teams and some coaches they're just they're they're well built and they're well they're understanding of getting through tournament play right the state playoffs and uh and they show up they show up every time so um what are your thoughts there as far with the frisco wigland girls team you know they're uh, i think they have an opportunity to repeat but there's going to be some some cha some challenges you know especially in the region you got two. grapevine you got grapevine, you know, yeah. you got grapevine. yep yep yeah, you know, they're in region two, like looking at their kind of their district, you know, a lot of, yeah. you know, look at the other Frisco teams, you know, they probably have the same, mm -hmm. you know, the talent as them. You know, who's to say yeah. they don't challenge them this year. And like you mentioned, you have great, a great vine, you know, coming, you yeah. know, also could challenge them. Another team, but Argyle, keep an eye on them. Then Argyle could, mm -hmm. you know, could challenge yeah. them too. Um, you know, and, you know, they, they've done well the last few years. Uh, you also have a Wichita Falls Rider. The girls they have had a good squad too. They've had good squads as well. Right. Um, as far as the Houston area, uh, like I had in the top fifteen, you know, that Magnolia, the Magnolia girls. You know, they had a great run, and you know we could see them again. Uh, Lake Belton, you know, that's an up and coming team that's moved up from four A to five A. You know, they had, you know, they I think only house I think one one game last year. That could be a challenge. You know, for for Wakeland, um, look at some of the teams like like George, like the girls from Georgetown. I mean, they could be an, another one. Yeah. Um, here yeah. in Region Four, uh, I think we have four teams that could probably also challenge them. Like I said, you had Bernie Champion who made it to the state right. state tournament. Um, we had Smithson Valley moved up from six A to five A. That's mm -hmm. another team yeah. that could challenge them. And then also yeah, Liberty they'll, Hill. They'll definitely, the both of those schools will definitely have a say. Yeah, Liberty Hill. Keep an eye on them. I, I think they might be, you know, because if it's not Simpson Valley or Champion, keep your eye on Liberty Hill. Right, they right. Can, this yeah, could you be have the some of these schools, can... right? You have some of these schools that are on that bubble. It's like, hey, is this the year that they can break through? Right. So yeah. So, um, so thoughts. Final thoughts on both the boys and girls for Wakeland. Yeah. For well, for the boys, I mean, they're like I said, they're <laughs> the standard. 
But yeah. for boys' high soccer, there are going to be some some teams that are going to challenge them. Like you know, if you look at Region One, you have Del Valle, and then you have El Paso Bel Air. You know, I think they have the talent to challenge the play. You know, to knock them off if they meet maybe in the state semifinal. Um, you know, you know, also will Frisco Lone Star is this their year to finally like, hey, you know, we're we won district. Can we take the next step and finally knock off, you know, Wakeland from the playoffs and, and get to, you know, uh, you know, get to the, to, to, you know, to the, you know, to the state tournament, uh, Houston side, you know, uh, you also have the Georgetown boys, the, the, the sleeper team was that, that, uh, uh, Northeast, uh, Northeast early college high school from the Austin ISD. Nobody right. expected them. And, you know, you can keep an eye on them. And then for the boys side here, I, I, you know, you, you have Bernie, you have Spencer Valley boys. That um, could be a contender, Alamo Heights, um, down in the Valley. You know, you have Lopez, you have Pace, Porter, veterans. Those, and then you also have Mary, uh, one of the Sherryland teams. You know, you know Valley soccer, you know, especially now with five A, they've gotten a lot better, and and they've all, you know, they've. It's always given Dallas teams trouble when they get into the you know to the mm-hmm. state tournament, especially if they meet in the state tournament. So, I think five A boys a little bit more wide open. Still, Franklin, Franklin's still the favorite, but there are some teams that can challenge them. And I think same thing with the girls. So there there are some challenges that they kind of have to overcome. You know that could be quote unquote bumps mm-hmm. and rows for them to repeat. Yeah, on the girls' side, I think Wakeland. It's kind of a TBD. I really like Grapevine. I, I really do. And then, of course, it, you know, you have others that that are going to have a say. You have, you know, here in the San Antonio area, you you have, again, we talked about Smithson Valley, who's coming down to 5A. So they will have a say for sure. And as well as Bernie Champion, who, you know, Coach Coach Carol Walters returns all that talent from the state semifinal, uh, state semifinal team that probably had the biggest upset of the season last year mm-hmm. in the uh, and taking down Dripping Springs in, region, in that 5A region, region four regional final. So. So yeah, and then on the boys' side, I'm not man. I'm not. <laughs> I'm not going against Wakeland until someone show you know until someone can show me. I guess I'm going to be from Missouri on this one, and you got to show me. But because uh, I'm not going against them on the boys' side. So, all right, we move on. Uh, final ones, six uh, A. We'll start with. Uh, we'll start with the women's soccer side. We'll start with South Lake Carroll. I'll go first on this one. Uh, mm-hmm. I think of any champion of any returning champion in this group here. They're the ones I think that are most likely my my lock to repeat, right? Probably the biggest lock. It's probably one of those where, and that's saying something because the amount of talent that's out there on the 6A women's side. But I think just in terms of what they have returning, what they have coming in, how loaded they are, how stacked they are, um, that's going to kind of be just one of those of can they stay healthy and can they, you know, can they just stay the course, stay stay committed stay disciplined and stay focused over the course of the, the hall that is a season um, because they're really, they're going to be one of those that have their eyes on the second season, right on the playoffs. So can they just kind of stay healthy and keep their composure and their, and stay focused through the regular season? Yeah. I, I think for, for them, you know, Salah Carroll, like I said, I, I do give them the edge to repeat but there are, but Region One is such loaded, and if you look at the alignments of some of these teams, they have so many contenders. Like they, they if they catch Solid Carl on a bad day, they could probably knock them off. I mean, you're looking at teams like 
like Prosper. Like Prosper was was high up through last year, even though they fell short. You know, how do you know? Are there is this the year they redeem themselves and challenge South Lake Carroll? Same thing. You look at the Capel girls, Flower Flower Mound, uh, Flower Mound Marcus. Uh, some of the Plano mm-hmm. teams, and yeah. then now you, now you add uh, uh, Highland Park, who moved up from five A to six A. You know they could be a, you know an obstacle for Salt Lake Carroll. Some of the right. McKinney teams, you know, it, it's it's going to be Salt Lake Carroll is going to have to be on their A game. You know they have that big target on their back, and you know if they can avoid injuries and you know get on that streak, and like I said, they're going to have some challengers going. You know to for them to get to back to Georgetown. Um, and then the, as far as with the other regions, you know, you know, who can challenge them out of, you know, maybe in the state playoffs out of region two, you know, you had, like I said, last year you had Rockwell make it. I think Rockwell is going to be a favorite again to come out of region two to maybe, maybe this year, this is the year that they, they can challenge uh, South Lake Carroll. Some of the Mansfield teams, Duncanville, uh, you know, maybe yeah, it's just maybe a lake, uh, is it a lake? Tra- is it a lake, Travis, or maybe a a, a stronger, still growing in momentum, Westlake, Austin Westlake squad out of you know out of Region Four? Maybe is it one of those that maybe that that kind of rises as that contender to Carroll? Yeah, or or, or even Dripping Springs. You know, they could be also because yeah. they've been yeah. they've been there, they've been there, and they know how to win. Especially when the year they won the state championship, they were very close games mm-hmm. that they won and. Um, right. And they, yeah, if you drip, if you drip in this classification here, ironically, I, on the both sides, right? I view drip very much like, uh, like Highland Park, who you just mentioned, right? It's just going to be a matter of how, how quick they can get settled. They can get settled in, you know, new district, uh, because you know, they're going to be well coached. You know, they're going to be, they're going to have talent. Um, so from that standpoint, there is no real difference of, yeah, they were 5A, but they play and they play like a 6A mm-hmm. squad already. But I think it's just it's just the adjustments and coupled with what what they lost to graduation and what they have coming back. Uh, it's just a matter of of how quick they get settled in, I think. Yeah, I think one I forgot to mention is on the Houston or the Katie, uh, Katie uh, Seven Lakes, the girls from Seven Lakes. Keep an eye out on them. You know, mm-hmm. they, you know, like I said, we have their goalkeeper just signed with, with with Lamar, so that shows that they have a lot of talent in that team. So it, it's going to be a gauntlet for South Lake Carroll. Like I said, they have the big bullseye on them, especially in Region 1. I, I think that's, to me, if you look at all the regions for 6A girls soccer, I think Region mm-hmm. 1 is probably the toughest one of all the four. Oh, yeah. It's, yeah, the it's, thing with Carroll, I think the thing with Carroll is they're just, on the girls' side, is they're just, they're overwhelmingly, last year that run, that run to the state title, is it was heavily you know, heavily impacted, heavily led, if you will, by a very, very strong core of freshmen, right? So, so they're back plus with what they have coming in as well. Um, it's, it, it's hard to ignore. It's hard to ignore. I'll mm-hmm. say that. And then we move on. We look at the boys. We go 6A, 6A men's side. Um, Lake Travis returns as our, you know, defending, defending state champion here to, to uh, try to defend their title and the way I view this one really is, you know, obviously they lost. We talked with Coach Bamel. He'll have them ready to go, but they did. They lost a lot to graduation. They lost a lot to graduation. So so the question will be, I view this as a, I see them on a collision course with uh, San Antonio Reagan in, a, in the regional. Um, and then I also, and then whoever I think can survive that, I think ultimately see what might be potentially 
on the in the early going what i think may be the the best program to start right now on the 6a boys side might be uh katie seven lakes so i see those three squads on some sort of collision course between the regionals and then in uh, in georgetown i think this one is wide open you know i don't think you can predict a a, a champion on this because you know, with the amount of players like Travis lost, I know they they have some key players back, but you are rebuilding a, a senior-related team. So, you know, not in the sense that they're not going to be be able to, you know, make make their run. But I think now, I think this is probably the one that's going to be mostly wide open. Like you mentioned about Seven Lakes, you know, they're going to be in contention. You, know, um, you also like having Region 1, you have the Soft Lake Carroll boys. You know, you got Farmer Marcus, you got Capel. You know, they – you know, they may have a say as far as, you know, to get into, you know, to winning the state. Same thing in region, region two, you know, you have, you know, Rockwell Heath, who's had, had made it, you know, made it to a final. You have a Duncanville, uh, Houston area, like I said, besides challenging, you know, you know, Seven Lakes, you know, you got a couple other good teams there from, you know, for Ben, you know, you know, Clement, was it, I forgot, I think, Ailey Felk, Elsick, Elsick is one team that could challenge. Seven Lakes, um, you know, there's also, yeah, like the schools like Deer Park, Kingwood. Um, here in Region 4, I think it's still going to come down to Lake Travis, Westlake. Keep an eye also, also the Drippy String Boys because they also made it to the mm -hmm. to, to, right. to, to the state Final Four. And, you know, they, they'll have a good – their coach well as, you know, and I think they'll challenge and they'll make the playoffs and they'll probably give some problems to some teams in the playoff in the playoffs. And like I said, you also have Reagan. Uh, another team we, you know, we have is Harlan. Harlan boys could be another team that can, you know, they lost to Lake Travis last year. Maybe this year is the one that, the year that they finally get it together and knock them off. And, and then you also have a team maybe from the Valley, you know, maybe this is the year Bronze yeah. Rivera bounces back. You know, just keep, right. you know, you keep, you keep an eye never on them as well. Never count out the valley. Can never count out yeah. the valley. Yeah, yeah. So, so final thoughts on Lake Travis. What do you think? I, I think it's going to be tough for them. They're they're probably the team. I don't think they're going to repeat. I think six A is wide open this year. I think you have you have a lot of favorites. I think, and then what I'm mm -hmm. you know I'm not saying that Lake Travis is not a good team. I think losing a lot of your seniors because you know senior leadership goes a long way and you know and that senior leadership carried them last year you know they learned from that loss that shootout loss to Lee the year before I think that would help them get over the hump this past year you know losing that you know does you know you know it is a big factor but I think I said they'll be in the they'll make the playoffs and you know if you know they can get a little hot streak you know you never know they can get back to Georgetown but I think this is going to be very wide open this year for 6A boys Absolutely. And I, well, I think when it's all said and done, potentially, I just right now, when I look at everything, what they have coming back, I just see, I see maybe this is that year that Reagan could San Antonio can, can break through mm -hmm. in region four. And I, I really do. I really do see Katie seven lakes and Ray San Antonio Reagan on some sort of collision course. I really do. So we shall see, we shall see. So, all right, that's uh that's going to do it for, our 2022 champions review as well. So, um, so before we go, kind of wanted to just wrap up uh, final thoughts. Oh, before we really end up on final thoughts, though, Rafa, 
kind of as this will mark our last episode, even though it's only episode two, but this will mark our last episode of uh, of Inside Texas High School Soccer for the year, right? For the calendar year, that is. Um, your thoughts when we look back on 2022, right? Your maybe your favorite, if you can identify one, maybe your favorite memory of uh, of the Texas high school soccer season in 2022. Got one? There's a couple. I have a couple, a couple of them. Um, you can only pick one. Only pick one. Memory. Yeah, yeah. Ooh. I'm gonna make you only pick one. It's like trying I, to pick think, your favorite kid, I, I, right? I think my favorite one is the one I, I, when I was in Austin <laughs> when I went to your game. That's probably my favorite one. That was really like that? Said, well, oh, yeah, wow. that's my favorite one because yeah. you know I've gone to a lot of the games. Um, the, you know, I went to live stream a lot of games this year, and there were some really good games. You know, some back and forth, but this, you know, this was like very dramatic. You know, being down a lot, then coming back, and then it, it was like a basically like a heavyweight boxing fight, back and forth, back and forth, back yeah. and forth, kind of like it was like Rocky versus Apollo. You know, Apollo winning first, yeah, there and then was serious, coming back. There was some serious energy, some serious vibes in that game. That, that kind of had you like, right, right, yeah. yeah. Even yeah, the parents, because I mean, out, even the parents on there on the field, there were there's, there's, yeah, I can I can feel the the energy from them, the intense. They were just like the display, especially the display when they lost that was lost that big lead and coming yeah. back, and and I, even some yeah. of your parents, they were like, wow, what. <laughs> I think yeah. that was the one game. Like I said, that was probably my favorite of all. Of, you know, as like I said, not saying all the games were great. You know, there all there were some great games I went to, but that was the one. To me, that was always because I like I always talk about it because that's my most memorable one for this past year because yeah. I've never experienced a game like that in person. You know, you'll see them on TV, but you know, just yeah. here with people around you and and watching the game, that was probably that was my favorite one for 2022 because. Yeah, and, it was nuts. It was definitely nuts. It was, I tell people, we, we talk, it comes up regularly. Mm-hmm. And, uh, you know, I tell people that I've never, I don't know if I've ever had a game where it's definitely one of the craziest ones I've ever coached in. And I don't know if I've ever had a a game where I was more upset and simultaneously proud <laughs> of my team, right? Because we, we came out sluggish. We kind of, I guess, looked like France to start. And we found ourselves down four to one and five to two in that game versus uh, Austin Hyde Park, Hyde Park, the uh, well-coached team. They came out on their home field, jumped all over us. And then we managed, made a big, uh, made a big, came roaring back, made a big push second half, tie it five, five. And then inside of, I think seven, about seven minutes left in regulation, take the lead six to five. There's issues with the clock. All of a sudden, you know, officials, stoppage time what are we doing here and then Hyde Park comes back <laughs> gets the equalizer in the last 30 seconds or what turned out to be the last 30 seconds of uh, regulation and then of course we were able to capitalize and come out victorious in penalties after that because there was no it was straight to penalties in a district match like that so yeah it was definitely all total if you count penalties I think there was what like I think 17 goals scored in that game so mm-hmm. it was that was nuts so uh, so yeah, I think, uh, selfishly I could point to that, but I think my favorite memory of, of this season of the, uh, the 2022 season or the calendar year, I guess, when I look back on it, I don't know, I think, um, I'm probably going to pick just the, what I identified, what I called the, and I talked about it a lot at task at the Tasco Texas high school soccer coaches convention is 
what I deemed let this past year as the arrival of 4A. And again, we mentioned it earlier in Salina and Midlothian Heritage uh, in the 4A women's soccer final. They just they gave us a final, you know, final for the ages, if you will, because it was that good. It was that great. And on the stage where you had a lot of talent at multiple classifications, boys and girls side, you had the girls, you know, you had the girls game, the women's game at the 4A level that stood out amongst all of them. So I think so kudos to both of those squads, both of those schools, those coaches, those players, because it was just it was it was high drama, high drama for sure. So, yeah. So. All right. And so uh, final thoughts, uh, final thoughts as we as we leave, coach, uh, for whatever 2022, whatever, uh, whatever's on your mind, whatever you want to share thoughts, kudos, thank yous. What do you got? I uh, just want to thank like thank you again for having me. We're here for 2022, also covering the games, some of the, the games that we did to live stream and look forward for 2023. Should be another fun year. Uh, to wish, wish you and everyone else a, a Merry Christmas, Happy New Year. Be safe out there. Stay warm. <laughs> Bring in your pets, your plants. Uh, you know, yeah. take care take care of yourself. And, um, and you know, also, you know, it's, you know, with the sport we're here with soccer here in Texas, especially the high school, whether it's private school, public school, you know, it's starting to become, you know, a sport, uh, the sport on the rise. And that's, it's finally getting the respect and the recognition um, and the coverage, you know, that these players and coaches deserve. And, you know, I, I know we're not going to be up there maybe with the Texas high school footballs and play a final with Jerry's world. But I, I think, I think what, you know, what you've done and, and I know with art, with our show and, and, and others, you know, we, Given the coverage, it's it's given that's just due that it's that's needed for these past few years, and and we look forward, you know, to show showcasing not only our, the players, the coaches, the program, you know, programs, you know, you know, soccer's on the rise, and I think we have a lot of great talent here. That's hopefully we'll see him someday, maybe in the World Cup, you know, or you know, for, you know, for sure we'll see a lot of them playing in college. So, so I just want mm-hmm. that's my final thought, and like I said, I look forward for twenty twenty three. Yeah. And thank you. I appreciate, you know, I appreciate the kind words and thank you. I cannot thank you enough. And then obviously Harry, Harry as well. And then along with some of our supporters, some, well, really our, our other local press in the San Antonio area from San Antonio to Houston to El Paso, the people that are doing their part in growing the game, you know, um, we thank all of you. We appreciate you all. Um, to you, Rafa, personally, you know, we, uh, a lot goes on behind the scenes in terms of the production, particularly of this one of inside Texas high school soccer, um, because it kind of breaks out, breaks down a little differently from our traditional 50, 50 podcast episodes, but, uh, can't thank you enough. I appreciate you grateful for, for your time and your commitment to, because it is a commitment, right. And your knowledge, your expertise, but most of all, just the fact that you're doing it for, for all the right reasons. And, you know, um, good good person good man and those are the kind of people you know that i try to surround myself with as well so grateful for you uh wish you know you and your family the absolute best uh happy holiday seasons be safe merry christmas and then to our families my final thoughts um our families our supporters our listeners our student athletes our coaches all of you thank you um you are really we say it all the time but it's because um, it's not a cliche. It's, it's to keep us on track of why we do it. It's because of all of you. And, uh, we're grateful that you all allow us into 
whether it's you know the your living rooms, your computers, your laptops, your cell phones, wherever you listen to us, whether it's on the the vodcast, right, the video podcast, or the actual audio podcast, um, we're grateful for you. We, we thank you. We want to wish everybody a happy holiday season, Merry Christmas, be safe. Obviously, we're down to where I'm at. It is currently eight degrees with the windshield, so <laughs> <laughs> so uh, so stay warm, be safe. We expect to see everybody back on campus, back at their schools uh, in January. Um, mental health check in, check in on uh, check check in on your friends, check in on your teammates, check in with you know with your loved ones, with each other. Even when you're around each other, sometimes this can be a tough this can be a tough period for people. So thank you to all of you. This has been, you know, this has been a joy. I've loved doing this. I'm grateful for it. Our podcast, our podcast team, our title sponsor in college promoters, USA, our president, Greg Smith, and the entire staff there, um, just love working with them as well. And then of course, um, our, you know, our partners at Gipper as well. Uh, they've come on in the last six months. We're grateful for them. And then again, my family, my, you know, my, being able to as a coach as well being able to coach my daughter very proud of her and then of course my wife uh you know she's just tremendous amount of sacrifices as well that she does in support and in pushing me to uh to try to make this better in support of texas high school soccer of our coaches of our student athletes our administrators and just as you said growing the coverage so we're grateful for all of all of that so cannot thank you enough uh, so this will be our final, final episode of Inside Texas High School Soccer of 2022. We'll be back next week with an episode of the 5050 podcast. So be on the lookout for that. Grateful for all of you again. Um, and let's continue to grow. Let's get, let's get excited for 2023. I think 2023 is going to be a special year as we continue to get back to quote unquote normal, I guess, if you will, yeah. coming out of the pandemic. But, uh, I think it's going to be an exciting year. Thank you for all of you. Uh, and uh, you know what to do until the next time keep downloading and keep listening you've been listening to the 5050 podcast powered by college promoters usa help us continue to grow by liking rating and subscribing on all major podcast platforms and don't forget to follow us on twitter at 50 underscore 50 pod on instagram at 50 underscore 50 podcast as well as on youtube at the 50 underscore 50 podcast until the next time keep downloading 